The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Agbayani. Happy Thursday. And Thursday, you know what that means. Mr. Paul Brecht isn't in studio today, but he is on site at the Aloha Tower Marketplace at HPU's Esports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii, ready to bring you Sharks Weekly. And today's featured sport is going to be acrobatics and tumbling. One of the sports that I am fascinated to always like hear about and hear from the student athletes and and the coaches just because it's so unique and it's relatively new. It's a relatively new sport uh, in its entirety, right? We're all familiar with gymnastics and a lot of former competitive gymnasts find themselves going into acrobatics and tumbling because it's a way for them to continue somewhat of their gymnastics career, uh, being that not there are not a lot of competitive division one or multiple division levels of gymnastics at the college level. So at least acrobatics and tumbling give them another avenue to compete in. And not only gymnasts, but cheerleaders as well. So it's a really, really cool sport. So that is coming up immediately following this show. But of course, if you miss it, you can listen to it on demand uh, at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get your podcast. And over the weekend, you can actually watch the video of what happens in the esports arena. So that's where Paul Brecht is, as always, on Thursdays. And coming up on the show, we will also hear from HPU baseball head coach Dane Fujinaka as HPU and Chaminade open the Pac West Conference play against each other today at six o'clock. And you can hear that game right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. So excited to get Dane's thoughts on opening the conference play. I'm also um, curious to see what he has to say in regards to like just the way the scheduling is. It's interesting because today is a Pac West Conference game. Tomorrow they have a single game and that one is listed as non-conference. And then Saturday they play a doubleheader, but first game of the doubleheader is a conference game and then the second game is just a non-conference game. So it's interesting, you know, what the thought process that goes in when you're a, a coach on what how you game plan for those kinds of things. So let us know the Sharks are off to an incredible start this season. Uh, they're sitting at eight and one and it's actually their best uh start since 2016 but also last season was their best finish or their best conference finish since 2016 as well so what Dane has been able to do there so far going into his third season has just been uh, awesome and seeing the Sharks be this successful and then of course shout out to my school in Chaminade where Chad Konishi is just getting that team started and they are actually he did some recruiting during, you know, gearing up for this first uh, season for Chaminade baseball. Well, the first in 43 years. And what Chad's starting to build over there, he's got some solid players because I was able to watch uh, them play a couple of games already. And they just got to kind of put the pieces together. Both these teams met in the Big Island Baseball Bash twice. Chaminade taking that first game, which is that one blemish on the HP Sharks baseball, baseball team's record that 
eight and one. That was a loss to Chaminade in extra innings, might I add, in 12 to be exact. And then the next day on the Big Island, uh, HPU beats Chaminade. So it's going to be a fun one today. So if you guys can't make it out, we'll be at Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park out in the baseball fields in the back. But if you can't make it out there, you can listen to it right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Or what we see all the time at the baseball park and what I saw last season with with a lady, might I add you, she was sitting out in the outfield and had her radio on listening to our broadcast. So Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia will be on the call. And of course, you can follow us on social media as well to get some of the pictures and game time updates via our Twitter or Instagram and everything. So a lot of stuff going on. Also coming up on the show, uh, the basketball teams do have a buy, UH basketball, that is. Uh, the women are on the road, and of course the men play on Saturday. Usually during the season, it's been a Thursday-Saturday type of matchup. So, uh, But both teams don't play until Saturday. So coming up on the show, we will hear from women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman, answering questions from the media just a couple of days ago, uh, leading up to this kind of like a buy that they have and a slight recap of o- being over the weekend and all the things that happened at Beeman's Big Bash. We'll also hear from uh, men's volleyball defensive defensive specialist, Eleu Choi, as the men's volleyball team is in action tonight. So a lot of stuff still going on. We're rocking and rolling here. I want to start off, though, with the... I want to say, I guess it's breaking news to be exact or not. I mean, somewhat breaking news, but we knew it's coming back. The EA Sports College Football 25. We know it's coming back. They announced that it was coming back this summer. But uh, this is the time for players to opt in has arrived. So uh, they're offering players six hundred dollars each if they opt in and a copy of the game as part of the opt in process, which the game is. Uh, valued at 70 bucks, so these players can go in and get compensated for opting into the game. They announced this morning, so EA Sports will have all 134 FBS teams in the game, including soon-to-be FBS member Kennesaw State. So yes, that includes the University of Hawaii. In fact, they just posted about an hour ago a nice graphic that says we're in the game, and it's a UH-themed graphic. Uh, graphic with call EA Sports College Football 25. So all of the Hawaii fans out there will be able to, you know, play with the University of Hawaii uh, players and then all because and take them all the way to the national championship game, of course. So that's really exciting for players. And again, 600 bucks if they opt in, there will be other levels. So they'll have uh, football players and players from out other sports that will also become ambassadors of the game and receive additional NIL compensation. Players who do not opt in will be represented with a generic player avatar, avatar excuse me, as Barry Bonds was famously uh, in many Major League Baseball games. And with more than 11,000 players expected to be in the game, this is believed to be the largest group NIL partnership of its kind. For comparison, the NFL has around 1,700 players on active rosters at a given moment during the season. So that's kind of the the fun major news that came out this morning with the EA Sports College Football 25. As we are kind of aware that EA Sports stopped making these college games mainly because of the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit that came about with the college basketball landscape because they wanted to be compensated for them, their name, image, and likeness uh, back in the day. And some people, I've seen it online where they're wondering, oh, how come, you know, there are, why are there not 
like more why $600 is so little bit. But we're talking $600 all across the board for just opting in. So up to 85 players per school will be on the initial rosters for the game. So it doesn't matter if you're like Braden Schrager or someone that barely plays you can opt in to get the $600. So I think that's a good sweet spot. And this is just for one year, just to put it in comparison, because I see a lot of people comparing it to the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit. Uh, Back then, just under 25,000 checks were issued to the athletes that received a share of the $40 million settlement. It was actually 60 million, but then like 20 million went to the attorneys that handled the case. So $40 million is what was left for the players. So 25,000-ish around that had to get checks. And it all varied based on the amount of time that they played and if they were in games that were a little later, hence games that made a little bit more money. So these are players that appeared anywhere from 2003 to 2014. The average, and this is where the number that's getting thrown out a lot. So everyone's like, oh, how come these players are only, quote unquote, only getting $600? Like, it's not fair. Well, the average player uh, back then got just about $1,200 each. Uh, the median was 1071 bucks. The maximum a player got, uh, separate from Ed O'Banion, who got about $15,000, uh, was $7,622. And the lowest is 100 bucks. Now, again, this is for the game that ran an extended period of time. So if you're telling me like and then a couple of players that were in it for two years got less than five hundred dollars. So these players are actually getting a better deal because this is only for this one year. I can imagine that it's going to happen. These payments will be every single year for these players. So six hundred dollars, I think, is a quite a fair sweet spot. Again, if you're a better known player, I'm sure sure they'll reach out to those and have them be NIL, you know, ambassadors of the game. And they will definitely get their fair share of compensation on top of just the opting in portion. And they're more than welcome to opt out. But for players that want to see themselves in the game, maybe that feel like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to play at the next level in the NFL. Like, that's pretty cool. And I'm so excited for players to get this opportunity. Again, collectively, it's more than some players got back then because you're talking like the lowest check that went out was 100 bucks. And now these players are already getting 600 bucks. And it doesn't matter what level or what position you are, it's just collectively that's the average. Everyone across the board, all 134 FBS teams. $600 per player and a copy of the game to be able to just, yeah, have fun and compete not only on the field, but also on the video games. So I think it's a huge step in the right direction. We're all excited to play the game. I personally never got entirely into the college football game. Um, Even Madden. I don't know. I just could never get into it for the video game. Like my favorite sports games was always FIFA soccer. And then I was obsessed with with uh, the Kelly Slater surfing game and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, I don't know. <laughs> those are the t- those are the three uh, sports games that I really gravitated to growing up. I-, I played Madden, of course. I played, you know, NBA 2K. And I remember playing the college basketball ones and dabbled a little bit with the college football one. But I don't know. There was something about maybe because FIFA soccer is when I was really heavily into soccer at that time when I was playing. So it was all I thought about, like sleep like dream about soccer at that time but um yeah I don't know and same thing like I was surfing a lot at the time and 
not, not I wouldn't say I was a skateboarder, but my cousins used to skate and we all love Tony Hawk. And those were the other games that I played religiously at home, but not too much in the, the football and everything. But I know how popular it is. And I like I said, I'm happy that a lot of these players have the choice to opt in. So it's been a, like over the years, all of these schools that are in the game are have been sending all the assets to EA Sports as they get set to build it. So it can't come soon enough. This is going to be one that I'll probably play, though, just because it's been a while. So I'm really curious. And now that you can play, you know, via the University of Hawaii and whatever schools, maybe some USC. And I'm excited to see how this plays out moving forward in the future. But nothing but awesome and fun things coming up for college football. All right. Got to step aside. When we come back, we will welcome in a head coach of HBU baseball, Dane Fujinaka on Wake Up in the Den. With Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Ku'ule Agbayani on this Aloha Thursday. Paul Brecht is on site at HPU's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus, getting set in the eSports arena powered by DSE Hawaii. As following this show, we will bring you Sharks Weekly featuring acrobatics and tumbling. Uh, But first, and as we mentioned later today, we will bring you HPU baseball against Chaminade and... But first, we've got to talk some, uh, we'll get a preview of that game from head coach Dane Fujinaka. All right, we're going to talk some HPU baseball as we are joined now by HPU head coach Dane Fujinaka. Dane, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. What's up, cool? Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. We're, uh, we got Chamana this weekend, so our, our boys are pumped. We, we had a, a little break, so um, yeah, we're, we're excited to get back after it. Yeah, and speaking of this season, well, actually, a little bit of last season. So last season marked the best conference finish for HPU since 2016, and now you guys are off to the best start since that same year, sitting at 8-1. and one. So how would you just describe the identity of this year's group, but also maybe how it compares to last year, being that you guys have had this success so far? Sure. Yeah, so uh, last year, um, you know, we we finished 20 and 27 um again we had kind of an older group uh we had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh local players who were older kokashimoto dj stevens that um really you know um took that program to a next level took that team to the next level um and i think when i first came here three years ago um there was just really no expectation to win um, whether that was COVID or, you know, just a new coaching staff, whatever that might, might have been. Um, and, you know, that first year was really ultimately just to try to get those guys to believe in themselves. And and we won 17 games. Um, I think we overachieved that year. Um, certainly we didn't expect to have as much success as we did. And then last year, um, I think there was more of an expectation that, hey, we, you know, we, we, got, we got a chance to make a run at this thing because a year prior we lost a lot of games you know one two run games that we we thought that we 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 should have won um and that was the difference so um you know last year you know we were half a game away from making the postseason um and it was it was a tough tough finish you know but you know i think that ultimately set up for this year whereas like the guys that were returning you know really 
<clears throat> really felt like we had a chance and we we do have a chance this year and it's a lot of the same guys a lot of like all of our position players pretty much returned we lost cole we lost dj who were key key pieces but um you know we have no hata returning in the outfield we have kota suzuki who was a newcomer of the year last year arguably the best player in our conference <clears throat> um shortstop we have tj um, Nick Geo, uh, who who actually graduated last year, decided he he wanted to come back for a grad year. Um, that's just been it's been tremendous for the leadership of our team. I mean, to have a guy that um, is a is a three year starter, a two time All Conference guy, want to come back for one more year. He had an opportunity to go elsewhere, um, but he wanted to come back, and you know he felt like there was un unfinished business and. Um, you know, he's been awesome. And Chase Taylor, who we converted to being our first baseman, DH, um, is, is off to a good start. And then both of our catchers, Daniel Johnson and Ian Wolski, are also having um, good years and provide a, a ton of leadership behind the plate. Um, and then on the mound, I mean, we, we um, returned a lot of our bullpen. So like Makanakia, Ryan Inouye, um, those guys, you know, Mac Leisher, who's you know, having a really good year. Um, and then we brought in some new, uh, new arms. Uh, Scott Armstrong has been a big one for us. He's our, one of our, our better relievers. Um, and then uh, a group of freshmen that have really um, stepped up and done a really good job in the starting rotation. So, you know, I think um, the overarching message or like identity, I guess you would say is just guys are just expect more out of themselves and, um, you know, every time they step on the field, they're expecting to to win, regardless of who we're playing. I like that. So you guys have a perfect mix of the veteran players coming back along with the new players. And being that the veterans you know, are even hungrier than they were last year to make it into the postseason, that will obviously feed into the rest of the younger guys. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this year we did something a little different um, from a leadership standpoint. We picked, you know, certain guys that we thought had, had good leadership qualities and very mature. And um, the returnees that have, have really stepped up into leadership roles and then also the new guys. I mean, we have um, Caleb Milliken, who who is a Pomona pitcher transfer, a grad transfer, who's going to get into coaching. Uh, Chase Taylor is one of our captains. Scott Armstrong is a transfer from Cal Poly Pomona. They were, I think, in one game away from from the College World Series last year. Um, and then Vicente Molina, who um, went to Super Regional and was at uh, Laverne last year. So, um, you know, the transfers that we got came from winning programs and came from really, um, really good programs. And I think, you know, they're they're their leadership styles have come in and, and have just been great for, for our returners and uh, for the freshmen, you know, so it's been, it's been a good, good mix of both. And we are joined by HPU baseball head coach, Dane Fujinaka. Uh, all right. So we've mentioned off to a great start, eight and one, that one blemish, I have to bring it up and ask you about it. That one blemish coming against Chaminade, who you will open up the PacWest conference with, but I want to go back to that earlier this month, the big Island baseball bash, your team was up 6-3, heading into the eighth before giving up the four runs at the top. And then, fortunately, Hayden Huff was able to answer with the home run to tie it up, send it to extras, but then ultimately falling to Chaminade after their run scored in the top of the 12th. So just um, kind of 
take us back there and describe what are the key things that you may have seen that contributed to that loss, but also what are the main things that you may have learned from it as well? Yeah, I, I, well, I'll start with the thing that we learned is that we got to put them away when we have a chance. And, you know, we went up five, nothing, I think in the second inning. Um, and we gave a lot of at bats away. I think we had a guy on third base at that, that one inning, I think we, we scored three runs. I think it was the second inning and we left the guy on third base with, and we had no outs and we didn't, we didn't score them, you know? So <clears throat> from there, I, I kind of, you know, as a, as a coach, you kind of get that feeling like, Oh man, like, you know, we need, to, we need to keep it on them because you keep them in the game and they're going to have a chance. And sure enough, I mean, um, you know, Shamanad, all, all of Shamanad's wins are, are, have all been, you know, comeback wins where they, you know, guys score early on and then, you know, they, they end up coming back and chipping away. And that's just the kind of team that they are. They're really scrappy. They're going to put the ball in play. Um, you know, they're going to throw strikes and, and make you earn everything. So, um, that's certainly what we learned is, you know, when we have a team, not just Shamanad, but when we have a chance to put any team away early, you know, it's, it's important that we do. And, um, regardless of the score that we need to continue to make sure we do everything we can on every pitch. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it I, what I told our guys is, you know, our conference is so strong top to bottom that anyone can beat anybody. Um, you know, and any given day, it's it's if you don't show up and, and if you're not ready to play, you know, you, you can get beat um, whether you're the number one team or you're the you're the you're the last place team. It, it doesn't really matter. And um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why the, we have the preseason. That's why we play non-conference games is to iron those things out and to make sure, you know, it doesn't happen during during conference play. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Shamanad's good. I mean, they're, they're, they have talent on their team. They can really pitch. Um, they play good defense. They put the ball in play. They're well coached. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle this weekend. And, um, you know, we just have to do our job of trying to win every pitch. And, you know, I think I'm, 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 I think we'll, we'll be okay. And I feel pretty confident in, in, you know, our guys that they'll be able to get it done. Yeah, and I've always wondered this when it comes to some of the series like this opening one against Chaminade, where Thursday's game is a Pac West conference game, Friday isn't a conference game, and then Saturday it's like the first game is conference and then the second game isn't. So what is the preparation like? Obviously you want to go out there and you want to try to win every game, but is there a difference of preparation or mentality knowing that, you know, a couple of these games uh, matter towards the conference standings and a couple of them don't or uh, I don't know how, how what, what goes into again the game planning from what you can share of course going into sure, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Shamanad. Um, yeah no I think I think I, I'm sure 99% of coaches think this way so I don't think I'm sharing any secrets but um, yeah I mean obviously the conference games are are have a little bit more um, I guess meaning not meaning to it but you got to win those games, right? Those are the games that <clears throat> ultimately affect your postseason fate, right? You can lose every non-conference game, but if you win the, the conference games, you'll have a chance. So, <clears throat> but, you know, um, uh, there are the, the regional polls as well, right? Where if you're in the, you know, top whatever polls and um, you don't end up winning your conference, you, you ultimately will have a chance to play in the postseason. So um, right now, I think we're fifth. In, in the West region. So um, if the season ended today, we would be, we would get a chance to play in the, in the regional. Um, but 
you know, obviously we know that we have a full season to play. But so, so what I'm saying is these non-conference games mean a lot too um, because of those region regional polls. But um, from just a planning standpoint, I mean, we're, yeah, we're throwing our, our best guy um, in game one and then game three in our, in our both conference games. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we, you know, we've, we've seen Chaminade, so we probably know who's, who their starters are going to be, who their relievers we're going to face. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some gamesmanship as far as who, who's pitching on what day, um, who you're trying to save for the conference games. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like you said, we're, we're trying to win every game and, um, every game is important. All right. Last one here for you, Dane, as started off the interview, you know, letting everybody know that this has been the best start for you guys since 2016. So how do you hope to maintain this success as you continue on? You start conference play and we go through the rest of the season. Yeah, it starts with just making sure we get better um, every day, regardless of if we're winning, if we're losing. You know, I think um, as a team, we really come to the consensus that, it's, it's about consistency. Um, I think the last couple of years we've been very up and down. Um, whereas this year, I think we have the maturity and leadership to, to, you know, just take care of what's in front of us. Um, and I think that's the key to continue to move forward in the right direction. Um, and then you throw expecting to, to win every game on top of that. And I think that's how you continue to grow as a program. So yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of, of our guys and, and, you know, where we've come, but I, I still do think that there's a long way for us to go. Um, and there, there's so much more in the tank with this team in particular, but as a program too. All right, Dane, well, I better let you go and get to all that game prep as we get set to open up conference play. Uh, first team up is Shamanad, but mahalo for taking the time. Absolutely. We'll see you guys out there. Thanks, Kule. That was Dane Fujinaka, head coach of the HPU baseball team. And yeah, we're excited. Actually, uh, Alan Mia just texted. It's just like kind of what he does all the time. And, and you know, he's he's a baseball guy. Him and Kyle Galdera will be on the call. And they're both baseball guys. And texting us, you know, the, the picture of the clean score sheets and the scorebook that comes with every baseball season as they get set to call the game. So we're super stoked again this evening. HPU Chaminade Baseball out at Patsy Bank Central Oahu Regional Park, but you can also hear it on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network tonight. A pregame will start just before 6 o'clock this evening. So Hawaii Sports Radio, AM 760, 95.1 FM, and com. We'll be right back to talk some Rainbow Wahine basketball on here from head coach Laura Beeman on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautiful list of all the beautiful people. It is Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kuule Ogbayani alongside myself this morning because <laughs> it is thursday so as we've been saying coming up after the show stick around for sharks weekly featuring acrobatics and tumbling and that is where paul brecht is right now at the esports arena powered by dse hawaii uh, mahalo again to hbu baseball head coach dane fujinaka for chatting with us before the break and that's another beautiful list of all the beautiful things getting started is baseball season as we know 
they've already been underway, but it conference season starts today. So a lot of stuff going on. I was just talking to a UH men's basketball, Ron Gannat, basketball head coach, Ron Gannat, last night and saying, man, it's so busy. And he, he initially took it the wrong way, of course, because I was like, it's baseball season officially. He's like, and basketball season. I'm like, yes, I know it's basketball season. But we had like that gap where, you know, football ended and it was kind of just basketball. And then now you throw in baseball, softball, and it picks up again and it gets really, really crazy. Uh, but we love it. We love what we do. And we love it here at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. All right. So switching over to UH women's basketball, as they do have a bye today, but they are on the road this Saturday to play at Long Beach State. Game time is at 1 o'clock p.m. and you can watch it on Spectrum Sportsnet. Now Hawaii uh, sitting at 12-3 and on top of the Big West Conference standings. Long Beach are 5-9 and in conference, you know, fourth fourth from the bottom of the conference but that's why you play the games and the rainbow wahine definitely are not going to take a team like long beach state very likely lightly but this is what head coach laura beeman had to tell the media uh, a couple of days ago on tuesday and it starts off with none other than star advertisers billy hall all right knowing you I'm sure it's probably turn the page time, get ready for this week. But got to ask you a little bit about Saturday. I'm just curious, have you talked to the players much since Saturday night? Because we didn't get to, and I was just kind of wondering if you got much feedback from them about what Saturday was like. You know, we haven't. Yeah, um, other so. than just, you know, they saw the lines before the game. A little bit of, like, guys, we got to loosen up at halftime. And then after the game, you know, autograph session, again, just feeling the buzz. Um, and just kind of the comments of the kids, like, that was amazing. But, <laughs> like, actually getting their true feedback, no. Okay. Um, we we kind of dispersed quickly. There was, the was, autograph line was amazingly long. Yeah. And it took a while, and the kids were starving. So it was like, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. So I haven't spoken to them yet, but I'm excited to hear their feedback. And I know it's going to be just fantastic. Okay. Um, my thing for you this week was, um, you know, coming down to the wire, I wanted to ask you about the tournament mm-hmm. and specifically the format this year of the double buy mm-hmm. and just one kind of how much importance you put on getting one of those top two seeds. Because I know you've done it before going playing three games yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. But how much importance have you put on that? How much? I don't want to say easier, but different is it if you can avoid playing until the semis? Yeah, I think there's pros and cons both ways. You know, you sit and you watch for a while, and so when you show up to that Friday game, are you rusty? You know, is your chemistry there? Are you, you know, are you meeting up with a team that has a couple games under their belt? We're playing really well. Um, you know, if you do advance and, and you win the tournament, you've only played two games. And so that's pretty amazing as far as being able to rush your players and kind of put some things in maybe late. Um, so I, I kind of think that it's how you spin it a little bit with your team. Um, I do think that the conference is on the right path as far as protecting your top seeds so that if you were to advance, you're rested and you're ready to play, not having played four or five games in the last, you know, 10 days. Right, right. I see. Um, you got to buy on Thursday. And I'm just curious if you feel like Maybe it comes at a decent time with Saturday being such a crazy thing and you're going on the road. Do you think it might be a little helpful this week to kind of have an extra day or two off just to kind of let Saturday kind of happen and be able to kind of move on from that? I think anytime you can rest legs, you want to. Um, you know, I didn't like the bye the first week of conference. I thought that that was you know, bad timing for us with all of our travel. I do like the timing of this one. It's later in the season. Having a bye going in and playing one of the hottest teams in the conference, though, gives me a little bit of concern because um, I think Long Beach is playing really well. They're putting a ton of points on the board and what they're doing is, is very disruptive. So, 
that, that has kept me up a little bit this, this week and more than I wanted it to. Um, but I do think the bye is coming at a good time. I know that the girls enjoy two days off, which I think the last time this team's had two days off was at Christmas time. Um, and so when you look at that, plus their students, plus their you know, classes, plus all of the other things they're trying to balance, it's pretty impressive that we're doing as well as we are in the classroom and all the other things these guys do. Coach, can you just talk about um, um, Saturday's game? Uh, <laughs> we, we, we mentioned, I, I said yeah. last week, you know, uh, perfect weekend will be winning Cal Poly beating Santa Barbara and then also yeah. breaking the attendance record. So uh, talk about you know just what yeah. that perfect weekend was I, re like. I refuse to answer that question, <laughs> and I knew you were going to ask me today. Um, you know, I don't know if you could have written a better script, you know, playing a really good Cal Poly team, being a little chippy and kind of, you know, calming the girls down. And I, I think just the excitement of everything. Uh, heading in towards you know Santa Barbara, and we know where they are. And, you know, in conference, they beat us at their place. Um, they have a phenomenal player in Alexis Whitfield. We know she's a handful. Has been playing very, very well. Um, and so, yeah, to be able to come back from eight in front of this crowd um, and win a really fun game in front of 4,000 plus was it was pretty cool. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, Sunday morning I woke up and I was like. Okay, deep breath. This is this has been one of those moments, and I still don't know if it's really completely hit me. I have a tendency to kind of wait until I can take that deep breath and kind of let it all go. Um, but yeah, when I woke up Sunday, I was like, okay, this is what he was asking, and this is what he meant, and this is why I didn't answer it. Um, couldn't write a better script. Talk about just the attendance record too, because obviously in your tenure, your 12-year tenure, uh, they broke that record over 5,000. I think the previous record was like 4,600. So just that in itself, I mean, the win, you know, you, you guys are playing really great basketball, and then to be able to do that and come back in, in that fashion and, and hold on for the victory, in front of over 5,000, I, I yeah. imagine that's just the cherry on the top. It really is, and, and for the community to come out and support this program, support these kids, support me, um, you know, to to be able to say to my folks in California, yeah, you know, this is, they came and did this for me as much as the kids and the program. Number one, that's hard for me to say, but it's, it's true, and I have to acknowledge that. Um, it's who doesn't like to be liked, who doesn't like to be accepted in a new place in 12 years. I wasn't born here, but I've said it before, Hawaii is my home. And to have the community not want me, you know, out of here <laughs> and actually support, um, it's, it's a pretty good place to be in your life. And again, I just thank everyone for coming out and showing the love and giving us the time that they did. Talk about um, this weekend against Long Beach. I know you said they're playing really good ball yeah. right now, but five and nine in conference, but also just kind of the the, the, the mythos of, of Hawaii, Long Beach State, that rivalry. You know, how are you guys attacking this week and when, when it comes to the beach? Yeah, you know, we don't look at records. Um, you know, I, I always said that the best team at times doesn't win the tournament. It's the team that's playing the best ball at the time. And so anytime you get on the road, anytime you're playing a team that has won their last two games and they've done it the way they've done it by turning people over, putting a lot of points on the board, you can't ignore them. And I don't think that this uh, our team is ignoring the beach. We, we know that there was has always been a good rivalry. Um, they're always the top of the conference. You know, brand new coach. She's doing a great job. She wasn't left with a lot of her own players. And so she's bringing in a new system. I think she's done a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, we're definitely not overlooking anybody and know that we we need to put our heads down, you know, today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, and get a good game plan going and get ourselves ready. The rest is going to help. Um, bottom line, though, we have to take care of the ball and we have to get back in transition defense because what they do, they do well. 
And with just five regular season games left, just what, what would you like them? What would you like to see from the team just from these next? Five? We got to get better. We got to clean some things up. I'm not happy with where our defense is right now at all. I think that we've gotten real sloppy in some rotations. We're losing sight of shooters. That's something we haven't done in a long time since maybe preseason. We got to clean that up. And then offensively, we still stall, and we got to figure out why we're stalling. Sometimes we pound the the air out of the ball. Um, part of it is, you know, we're inserting Jackie back into the lineup, and that, that affects chemistry in a good way, but it affects chemistry. Uh, you know, I, I think that we have some guard play that has been better at times this year, and we need some of our guards to kind of buckle down and, and figure out if it's a pressure thing, if it's a performance thing. Um, but we need all of our guards to show up as well, and hopefully we'll be getting Brooklyn Rewers back within maybe a week or two so that we can get her back in the, the rotation headed into Henderson um, because she brings a, a big punch in side for us and then the combinations of Jackie, Amani, and Brooklyn. We haven't shown that at all this year because Jackie was hurt. And so to be able to get those three on the floor together, um, not at one time, but to get them on the floor together will be a very, very different look and, and freshen up our legs a little bit. And I think it's something particularly Amani needs. Do you think you might get her back before the end of the regular season? Uh, yes, I do. I don't know when, and don't quote me on that. I mean, I know you can put it on TV, but um, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to, yes, if, if everything goes well. Hopefully we will have as healthy of a team as we're going to have this year within the next 10 days to 14 days. Just like you draw it up, right? Correct. <laughs> awesome. Just how she drew it up about the team, you know, getting healthy right when it's the best time heading into the tournament and that was UH women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman a couple of days ago answering questions from the media as they are on the road right now no game today as we mentioned earlier but they do have a game on Saturday at Long Beach State and Long Beach State currently sitting at the seventh spot in the conference and the Rainbow Wahine are on top but as you heard coach B said and and we know that in general in the world of sports we've seen upsets all the time don't want to take any team in conference lightly, especially being that they will be on the road. So uh, hopefully Hawaii can maintain their dominant spot at the top against sitting 12 and three, followed by UC Irvine, who is 11 and three and UCSB at 10 and five. So game time on Saturday, one o'clock p.m. Hawaii time. And you can watch it on Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, when we come back, we will finish things off with some University of Hawaii men's volleyball and get you caught up with some other things to look out for tonight and throughout the weekend on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Oh, you know it's a party, as it is every weekday morning here on Wake Up in the Den on the one and only Hawaii Sports Radio Network, AM 760 and 95.1 FM. All right, to close out the show, one of the UH sports that is in action today, as we mentioned, the basketball teams are on a bye. The University of Hawaii men's volleyball team playing tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Well, tonight and tomorrow against Missouri SNT. So just a little background information that uh, they're one of the one of three first-time opponents on UH's schedule this season, along with Tusculum and Sacred Heart. And Missouri SNT, a Division II school located in Rolla, Missouri, began 
playing men's volleyball in 2023 and compete as an independent. So they're very, very they're a new program uh, to all of this. And the Miners concluded their inaugural season with a 12 and nine record. So it's pretty cool that, you know, they just started their men's volleyball program and now they really get to test themselves against one of the top teams in the nation. The University of Hawaii currently ranked third in the AVCA NVA National Collegiate Men's Volleyball Poll just behind Long Beach State, darn it, (laughs) Long Beach State at the top and Grand Canyon at the number two spot and then Hawaii at third, followed by UCLA at fourth and UC Irvine at fifth. But before we give you more information on tonight's game and a little bit more um, just tidbits for this men's volleyball squad, here is what defensive specialist Eleu Choi had to say the other day to the media. All right, man, I'm just curious. Uh, we haven't seen you guys since that awesome uh, Stanford match. Um, and so I was wondering just kind of what practice was like last week because, I don't know, I, haven't, I imagine were you guys maybe chomping at the bit to get back out there on the court, especially after how, how that Stanford match kind of went? Uh, I mean, the Stanford match was definitely a lot. Um, we were definitely tired, but, yeah, in practice, we are just going at it mainly and just trying to just refurbish some stuff, especially our offense and our service receive. Mm-hmm. I know coaches talk a lot about you guys know what you have in the gym, but you hadn't really seen it out on the court yet against a top five opponent. So after those two Stanford matches, did you just kind of reaffirm what you already knew about your team or did you learn anything about uh, you guys this year? Uh, I think we constantly learn more about each other on and off the, off the court. Um, I think Stanford was a great test to kind of playing against a top five team at a high, higher level of volleyball. I thought we did pretty well kind of competing against that kind of volleyball and it's been for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's also good for um, something to measure going forward and what we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty special year for you. You're out there. Coaches said from the very beginning, I'm throwing it out there. You might have a good day, you might have a bad day, but I'm going to keep throwing you out there every match. How are just kind of you feeling and just how, how nice is it to be able to go out knowing that you're going to be playing every match and you're getting a chance to be out there every night with the guys? Um, yeah, it's still, again, like I've been always saying, like it's always been a wonderful opportunity just playing with my teammates. And kind of like, it's great that you keep learning. Kind of like when you, once you keep playing, you just learn more and more and more. Not just about the game, but also about, about yourself. Also, it's also very exciting to play in front of such the wonderful fans here in Hawaii as well. Mm-hmm. And the last for me, you know, you said you're learning, but you're probably learning a lot about this team. And even though maybe you haven't been played in a ton of matches, you've been on a lot of really good teams, even just in the practice time or even with the time you've had out there. What, what have you noticed about this team? Is there anything like that really stands out to you that's really kind of a strength of this year's uh, men's volleyball team in particular? Um, I think it's more our togetherness, our cohesiveness, like working together. Um, there is definitely a lot of new people like on, on the court, on the roster. And I think that we did a pretty good job kind of like sticking together, kind of being like brothers, if anything, like the one family. Mm-hmm. Talk about the uh, opportunity, but also kind of maybe the challenge of facing someone that, you know, is the first time two, these two teams are meeting in Missouri SMT and kind of the uh, opportunities, but also the challenges of facing a first-time opponent? Um, definitely, like, a new team like Missouri S&T, uh, it's just like any, like any team, right? Like, any college team, we cannot take for granted. Like, a, like it's, it's another opportunity to learn more about yourself, more of other people. And I think we, we can't take them lightly. We just got to 
treat this game like any other game. We got to treat it like it's an opportunity for us to get better. You mentioned um, the, the Stanford games just kind of showed where what you guys struggled on, what you needed to improve. Just what what is kind of you think where you guys or you specifically want to improve on from, from that? Uh, definitely want to work on kind of like my mindset a bit because I definitely caught myself a little frustrated at some times, some receptions, but my teammates kept telling me, hey, next play, next play, next play, because that's the most important play as well. But I think our reception was on and off a bit, but I think we could we definitely be better. We did all right on that. Our offense was pretty decent. I thought it was pretty good. Chad's been doing a wonderful job. Spiros, Chaz, been doing wonderful, and the middle as well. Do you think that just having it so early against a team like that is just going to do nothing but help you win come playoff time? Um, well, we'll see in the future, but yeah, I think team playing teams like that will definitely help us in the future. That was UH Men's Volleyball Defensive Specialist Eleu Choi answering questions from the media a couple of days ago as they get set to play Missouri SNT tonight. The number three bows are 10 and 1 on the season. Missouri SNT are 8 and 6. As we mentioned before, hearing from Eleu, they are a Missouri SNT is a Division II school uh, that began playing men's volleyball just last season and compete as an independent. And they went 12 and 9 in their inaugural season. And a couple of other notes for the University of Hawaii outside hitter Spiros Hakas needs one ace to reach 100 in his career. The senior has also reached double figures and kills in each of his last six matches played and in eight of nine contests this season. If you're heading out tonight, again, game time is at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. You can watch it on Spectrum Sports. For our friends on the continent, you can also watch it on ESPN+. Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is the sponsor of Family Day this evening uh, and will distribute 1,000 first aid packs at Gate A. Families will also have the opportunity to create their own fan board at the Hawaiian Financial FCU table located near Gate A. Keiki can visit spirit stations on the concourse for fun activities for the family, including face painting, balloon making, and a tattoo artist. Ooh, that should be fun. So you guys are heading out there to watch that match against Missouri SNT. So they play today and tomorrow uh, out at Manoa. Like we said, taking a look at the latest AVCA NVA National Collegiate Men's Volleyball Poll, Long Beach State at the top receiving 14 votes, followed by Grand Canyon at number two uh, receiving eight votes and Hawaii at that three spot receiving one vote, followed by UCLA, UC Irvine, Stanford, Ohio State, BYU, Penn State and USC rounding out the top 10. So it'll be interesting after Missouri SNT and then they play Sacred Heart uh, next or in a couple of more weeks. Again, another first time opponent for Hawaii. Then they go into the Outrigger Volleyball Invitational where they will face Lewis Grand Canyon. So we'll see where the rankings are when they get to host Grand Canyon and UC Irvine and then open up the Big West Conference on the road at Long Beach State. So exciting stuff going on for men's volleyball. All right. Also going on today, it's the quarterfinal round of the Heidi and Cook HHSAA Boys Basketball State Tournament uh, going on 
And so Division One today, going through it, we have number one seed St. Louis playing Nanokuli and number four seed Baldwin versus Kalahale. Both those games will be out at Punahou. Uh, first game is baldwin Kalahale at 5 o'clock p.m. On the other side of the bracket, you have number two, Lelehua and Kahuku. And then number three, Kamehameha Schools, Hawaii and Punahou. Both those games will be out at St. Louis School. Uh, Lelehua Kahuku is the first game up at 5 o'clock p.m. And Division 2 gets underway today. As we talked about earlier in the week, they do not have a first round. They just go straight into the quarterfinals. But that is going on today. These games, you'll have number one, Kohala versus Le Jardin. Uh, that game will be out at Kaimuki at 7 o'clock p.m. Also at Kaimuki will be number four, Kapa'a, and number five, Kaimuki. That game at 5 o'clock. And then on the other side of the bracket, number two, University uh, versus Aiea. And number three, Seabury versus Pahoa. Those two games will be out at Kalani with the Seabury and Pahoa game first at 5 o'clock p.m. All right, but today is the beginning, as we mentioned, of conference play for baseball, or at least the start of conference play for HPU and Chaminade Baseball, which we will bring you coverage of this evening out at Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park. So be sure you tune in 6 o'clock p.m. on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, Coming up next, Sharks Weekly featuring acrobatics and tubling.